So another fun question for Dr. Aronowitz. Um, did you ever collect anything as a child? And if so, what? Oh, uh, so uh, for a while I did collect stamps when I was very young. Um, I collected coins, and somewhere around I still have my coin collection. So oh. my grandfather uh, had collected a bunch of silver quarters and silver half dollars and silver dimes. So I have a, a bunch of them stashed somewhere in our home, hmm. but I'm not sure where they are exactly. <laughs> and I also have a few silver dollars that uh, my mother was given by uh, this guy who worked at a bank who used to date her. Oh, interesting. And every time they went out on a date, he'd give her a silver dollar <laughs> as a memento of their date. So, so you know exactly how many dates... Yeah, it's only, I think, four or five, but I have four <laughs> or five silver dollars, which is kind of fun. That is interesting. So let's move on to another mix-up question. This is item number 28 from the pulmonary medicine section. It reads as follows. A 74-year-old man is evaluated for a five-year history of gradually progressive dyspnea and dry cough without wheezing or hypnoptysis. He has had no fever or weight loss. He smoked one pack of cigarettes per day between the ages of 18 and 60 years. He worked as an insulator for 40 years. Physical examination shows no digital clubbing or cyanosis. Auscultation of the lungs revealed bilateral and inspiratory crackles. Pulmonary function testing shows the following. Total lung capacity, 67% of predicted. Residual volume, 72% of predicted. FVZ, 65% of predicted. FEV1, 75% of predicted. FEV1 over FVC ratio of 89%. And DLCO of 52% of predicted. His chest radiograph is shown. And Dr. Ronowitz, can you please describe what the chest radiograph shows? Yeah, so basically what we're seeing is there's this haziness uh, at the right lateral chest and lower portion of the right lateral chest. And these findings would be consistent with calcified pleural plaques. He also has a um, little bit of uh, lower lobe interstitial prominence that would be consistent with some sort of interstitial lung disease. Okay. And the question is, which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? A, asbestosis, B, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, C, pulmonary sarcoidosis, or D, rheumatoid interstitial lung disease? So the correct answer in uh, this case is A, uh, which is asbestosis. Um, and uh, there's a few ways that uh, the diagnosis of asbestosis is made, but it's basically uh, based on a convincing history of asbestos exposure, uh, which, uh, as you noted in the question, uh, occurred when he worked as an insulator for 40 years. They had, a, depending on the time, timing of that exposure, he likely had a heavy-duty asbestos exposure. And what you're looking for is uh, a long enough latent period, which is usually a minimum of 10 to 15 years, and then uh, definite evidence of interstitial fibrosis without other likely causes, and that's the key thing. So it's almost the diagnosis of exclusion. Uh, and then the other thing, as I noted on the chest X-ray, he's got calcified pleural plaques, which are the most common radiographic finding in asbestosis. Um, so uh, if you think about uh, his uh, pulmonary function tests, I won't spend much time on these, uh, but you note that his total lung capacity is diminished uh, and his DLCO is markedly decreased to 52% of predicted. These would be consistent with uh, some sort of interstitial lung disease with restrictive lung function. 
and also note that his FEV1 to FVC ratio is uh, still 89% of predicted despite his smoking history. So this isn't a picture consistent with COPD, this is a picture consistent with some sort of interstitial lung disease. The history, the chest x-ray are both classic for asbestosis. And going through some of the wrong answers, B, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis is also another restrictive pattern. Why is that one wrong? Well, idiopathic uh, pulmonary fibrosis is uh, not a bad story. It usually uh, starts uh, slowly progressive with dyspnea and a chronic non-productive cough. Um, the chest x-ray is almost always abnormal at the time of presentation, um, and there are decreased lung volumes and basal reticular opacities. Um, and uh, the restrictive process noted here uh, is, is uh, not completely inconsistent. But the thing about this question is that asbestosis just happens to be way more likely, and um, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis would not cause pleural plaques. Mm -hmm. So unless he has two diseases going on at the same time, asbestosis is the best choice still. Right. And C, pulmonary sarcoidosis? Well, uh, sarcoidosis uh, actually, again, if you're thinking in these questions strategically of what epidemiologic groups develop different diseases, sarcoidosis usually occurs in young and middle-aged adults with a peak incidence in the third decade of life. Uh, this man uh, happens to be 74 years old, so he's beyond that age range. Uh, and uh, more than 90% of patients with sarcoidosis do have lung involvement, uh, but it's usually going to be hilar lymphadenopathy, um, although you can have reticular opacities. Um, uh, these happen to be in the upper lung zones, not the lower, as in this particular case. So the absence of hilar adenopathy and the absence of upper lobe lung involvement makes sarcoid un uh, unlikely, and his epidemiologic uh, grouping is not correct either. And for the last wrong answer, rheumatoid interstitial lung disease. Well, this one I would hope that no one picked this choice because this patient is not described as having <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid interstitial lung disease is worth knowing about. It occurs in patients with advanced, fairly severe rheumatoid uh, disease, which he does not have. So that would, would have been a, probably the worst choice you could have made. And to just summarize the key point of this question, pleural plaques are focal, often partially calcified, fibrotic tissue collections on the parietal pleura and are a marker of asbestos exposure.